Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This morning I've got a guest we've had on before, uh, Andrew Kenny, engineer, writer and classical liberal, but with a lot of experience in South Africa, the UK, and has seen and understood a whole, a whole lot about engineering and has a passion for the climate change issue. Today we're going to talk about an extraordinary, and that's not in the good sense, an extraordinary case in America. The defendant is one Mark Stein. Uh, some people may have heard of him. Mark um, is an author, radio and TV presenter, entertainer, and humorist. Humorist. Um, I remember reading his articles some years back in Spectator and always looking forward to them because they were sharp, they were politically, politically acute, they were acerbic, he was funny. Um, you didn't want to be on the wrong end of Mark Stein's pen, and that, that, that was that was it is his signature. But he is the defendant in the most extraordinary court case, which, according to Andrew, and I'll ask Andrew to uh, elaborate on this, <clears throat> is both an affront to free speech and climate science. Andrew, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, tell me why, what, what, what has happened? What, what, why, is Mark, why has Mark Stein been, ended up being a defendant in an American court case? Well, uh, thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be on your show. As you say, this is an extremely important case. Not only the verdict in this case is an assault on free speech and is an assault on science. It's a terrifying verdict. It happened in a court of law in Washington, D.C., where all sorts of strange things are likely to happen. This was a, it was a case concerning Mark Stein, as you say, who made some playful remarks in 2012 about a certain scientist, um, um, Mann, Mann, Michael Mann, who'd made outrageous claims, completely fraudulent claims about climate science, which I'll tell you, I better tell you the claims First, just briefly, before we move on to the case itself, mm -hmm. here is the important matter. If you look back on climate history, what has happened to our climates in the past? And it's pretty well clear that about a thousand years ago, there was something called the medieval warm period. This is discussed in hundreds of historical records. The, the, the scientific records um, at the moment that was being discussed weren't all that good, but they were enough to show there was such a thing as the medieval warm period from about 900 to about 1200, 1300. In this period, it was, it was warmer than now. It was completely natural, obviously. It was warmer than now. Carbon dioxide was lower than now. And it was a time of bounty. In Europe, it had very good health, wonderful weather, good crops. And there's record after record of record of this. If you go to Greenland now, the Vikings during the middle medieval warm period in the 10th century somewhere, they set up a colony in Greenland and they grew crops there, which is now too cold for those crops. Then the medieval warm period ended and they abandoned it. And you can see their abandoned buildings still there they are, local proof of the medieval warm period. So that was clear. Then temperatures dropped for reasons I'd explain, nothing to do with carbon dioxide. And then we went into the terrible little ice age from about 1300 to about 1850, and it was worldwide and terrible. It was the longest continuous low temperatures in the last 10,000 years, and it was time of awful weather, of dreadful weather extremes. The colder the weather, the more extremes you get. I'll explain why. 
It's a time of starvation, crop failures, storms, terrible, terrible weather events. Now, what Michael Mann did, did this was known. The, the International Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which was set up in 1990, and it was a, a political advocacy group, not a scientific group, and it was to show how man was changing the climate in a dangerous way. It's 1990, the first report showed the medieval warm period, and then the Little Ice Age perfectly clearly and perfectly accurately. Then, now this is a big embarrassment for people who say that this the present weather is unusually warm, all caused by rising carbon dioxide. A big embarrassment for the climate alarm people. And then, lo and behold, in 2001, its report showed a completely different graph. It showed from a thousand years ago uh, to the beginning of the 20th century, a flat, a flat line, like the, like the blade of a hockey stick, of an ice hockey stick. And then suddenly, in the 20th century, rising up steeply, unprecedented, like the, 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 the stick of, of a hockey stick. It was, it was shown six times in that report. It was brandished around the world. Here is proof positive of, of man-made climate change. Every school in Canada got, a, got a, that graph sent to it. Here's the proof. We're doomed now because of naughty man and because of, sorry, I forgive a man with one ends and two ends, because of naughty humankind. Mm -hmm. And this is proof of it. Now, mm -hmm. the most amazing thing was the reception of this graph. I mean, you could see at a glance, it was just complete nonsense. It was absolute rubbish. And the, the proof against it was quite overwhelming. But it was accepted, and the scientific establishment accepted it too. Then, this is the, no, I should say that the lead author, this, this hockey stick came from two, two reports, one in Nature magazine in 1998. They're called Man Bradley Hughes after the author, and then another in a scientific journal. I'll, I'll give it to you now a year later. Um, and this established Michael Mann, who's the lead author, but all the overnight he became a a climate superhero. He was the our saviour, um, and he got various awards, and he did terribly well out of it. Then somebody called Steve McIntyre, who's an ex, is is one of the in Canada. I think he came got top marks for maths in the whole of Canada, and then he moved into uh, mining statistics. Now it so happens that mining statistics are exactly the statistics you need for looking at the statistics of past climate change, because you're looking in the past various series of so-called proxies. These are things in the past that leave a measure of temperature. I'll come on to them. One of them is tree rings. That's the worst possible one. You try and match the, the tree rings to temperatures, and the, you need a quite advanced statistical methods, of which McIntyre is probably the, the expert on Earth, because that's exactly what you do with mining too. So he thought, hold on a moment, this looks most strange. How on earth do you get this graph? So he approached Michael Mann and said, please give us your data. And for a long time he refused, but he persisted. And he asked, he asked other people, IPC, and to his amazement, nobody had asked for these data. They'd published the graph without looking for the data, without checking the data. You hear about peer review, there'd be no peer review whatsoever. They just accepted this thing on blind faith. So then he pushed and pushed and said, 
Dr. Mann, please give us the data. And he said something like, oh, I don't know where it is. I said, what? You don't know where it is? This is the most important graph in the last hundred. And eventually scooped it all up together and got a system. And it was a complete mess. And then Steve McIntyre looked through the data and thought, how on earth do you get a hockey stick out of this? And he found error after error after error. The only consistent um, thing you can say it was fraud. There's no other um, um, way you can get that 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 box by fraud. Then he pressed more and more, and the more he looked, the more he realised it was complete fraudulent nonsense. Now he was a very good mathematician and a professional mathematician, statistician, but he's not an academic. So he approached another man called Dr. Ross McKittrick, who's a economist, but in, in also in Canada, but his in, in in North America, if you're going to do a postgraduate degree in in, in, in in economics, you have to have very advanced maths, and he had got very, so he sat down and they drew up this paper, pointing out that the, the hockey stick was fraudulent nonsense, giving all of the data, all of the reasons. For a long time, people refused to publish, then eventually they did, and then there was a bit of a I'm talking. I mentioned Mark Stein, and he's, he's a humorist, and he's very interested in current affairs, and he's very quick to spot nonsense. He's an absolute expert at detecting nonsense. He began to notice the the, the, the climate thing. And, you know, it's such, I mean, to anybody with half a mind, it's such obvious nonsense, all this, the steer of the world's going to end now. You know, we've just been told uh, about 20 years before the world's going to end because of the coming ice age, we're all going to freeze to death. By the age, by the year 2000, we'll all be starving. So he's used to this this damn nonsense. Obviously, global warming is the same old nonsense upside down. So he began to look and he said, oh, this hockey stick's obviously nonsense. And he picked up this without ever, this is about 2002, 2003, without ever mentioning Michael Mann, who he'd never heard of. He'd just seen this ridiculous hockey stick. And so he wrote little scathing articles about that as his style. Then in 2012, then he began to hear about Michael Mann and looked into him and began to hear terrible things about him too. I better just um, say another, in my article I didn't mention this. At Penn State University, which is where Michael Mann works for, and another very distinguished real climate scientist, Dr. Judith Curry, used to work for before she was kicked out by Michael Mann. But a much worse scandal there was somebody called, let me find his name, Jerry. He was uh, the football, uh, he was the coach of the football club called Jerry Sandusky. And he was convicted, he was accused, found guilty of sodomizing little boys at the university, at the club and was cover-up after cover-up after cover-up, and eventually he was expelled and, and, and put in jail. Now, when um, when um, um, Stein heard about man, he delved into him and found out all the dreadful things he'd been doing and so forth. Also found out he's an extremely aggressive man, and, and he, because Judith Curry at, at State University too, had pointed out error after error in his hockey stick, and she herself an expert climate scientist, a real climate scientist. He began bullying her, saying that she was, to, to quote, I think I've got the quotes in my article, she was a denier, 
she was a, 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 a sorry, various others, a, a, a serial climate misinformer. He also implied very strongly that she'd used sex to get a PhD. She slept away to a PhD. I mean, all of this is complete, absolute nonsense. But eventually, sure enough, Dr. Curry was driven out of, of Stan Pate. She's now independent. The, the official academic world won't have her, thanks to Michael Mann. In, anyway, sorry, um, um, I'm shouting again. So in 2012, um, Mark Stone wrote a 270-word blog in his thing, saying one of the things is very playful. Okay, just to point out that um, the, the hockey stick of, of, of Michael Mann used tree rings, which are a bad measure, and he used them badly. Okay, one of the sentences written by, by Stein was, Michael Mann was the man behind the fraudulent climate change hockey stick graph, the very ringmaster of the tree ring circus. In other words, playful insults like that. Now, he reported on um, a man called Rand Sinberg, who's a publisher of something called the, um, an, an, another, um, I've forgotten the name of the article, I'll find it now. He'd actually gone a bit further and he said, man could be said to be the Jerry Sandusky of climate change, except that instead of molesting children, it molested and tortured data in the service of politicalized science. Now, that that's, um, um, Stein published that, he said, look, that's going too far. I don't agree with that. He'd said that. Now, on, on the basis of that thing, then um, St um, Michael Mann then sued both Stein and, and, and Simberg for defamation. Not so much for saying this science was wrong, but for saying it defames him and caused him huge losses to his reputation, his fundings, his earning, etc. Can I just... Yes. Can I just ask you, Andrew, um, uh, how long after the publication of this blog um, did did Man Institute proceedings? Do you know? I think it was in quite soon afterwards. I think this is the thing. This is in 2012, right. and it's been dragging on until for 11 years, and until two months ago, causing. Right. Okay. But by the thing, um, Jill keeps telling me I'm shouting. But by the way. Another very important, very, very important thing is this. Pete um, Stein has just said in American justice, the penalty isn't the, 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 isn't the, the, the punishment, the penalty is the process. So he's had now 12 years, 11 years for this thing hanging over him with colossal lawyer's fees. You can, he's got massive legal costs, even if he's found, even if he were, had been found not guilty, which he wasn't. He would have still been a broken, I would have been a broken man. This is running into millions. He had to pay that out of his own pocket. Simberg, the co-complainant or whatever it's called, he also, man didn't have to pay one cent out of his pocket. It's all paid for him. Who was it paid by? Big secrets. We're not allowed to know, I don't think. He had three sets of lawyers, extraordinary, and he didn't have to pay one cent for it. As a, okay, so I've answered the question. It was for, for going on for over eleven years. Okay, and and so what was the essence of 
the of of the plaintiff's complaint in court um, and 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 Stein's and and Stein's defence to that. Well, it was very complicated because I've just heard somebody say, "Look, this wasn't about science. This is about defamation." But it was it was about both because in in in, in oh, by the way, I didn't quite follow the, the the logic of the of the you know the the what he was charged with. The, the official charges were for defamation, for loss, the, the damages done to him by, by Stein's article, uh, loss of earnings, loss of reputation, loss of funding, all complete nonsense. His earnings went up after that. He got, he got more and more funding. He got more and more wood. So there was absolutely no damages that he suffered from Stein's or absolutely none. Sorry, I'm, I'm shouting, going too far. Absolutely none. So, but but they did go into lots of science, and Stein had the world's best scientists representing him. That Steve McIntyre told you, who's an absolute statistical expert, pointing out all the nonsense. Judith Curry was there, um, Ross McKittrick was there, and all of these people. They gave their evidence, and it was very powerful evidence indeed. And it was, the way it was countered, it was very badly. They couldn't counter it. That was all there in the case. And then uh, um, I've got, by the way, I've got day by day the transcripts, but I haven't got it printed, but I can I can quote any part if you give if you give, give me time to get that that was the that was the basis of the case. What what was uh, I mean, we've now reached stages as as I understand that Stan has aged and has uh, suffered heart attacks and is is, yes. is wheelchair bound. Yes. Um and what was the finding of the court? Because, as I understand it, it was a, it was a jury decision, and it was an absolutely uh, extraordinary decision. Would you give us just some insight into what that decision was? Yes, just to say, first of all, it's quite obvious by remarks that the prosecution was making and the jury's background that he was found he was guilty before the court began, and the reason he was guilty. Because and 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 uh, the prosecution brought this up in the trial. Uh, so you once you once worked for Fox News, didn't you? And he said, "Well, actually, no, I didn't." In other words, if he had worked for Fox News, that showed he was guilty. To some other remarks about, oh, the people like you are the sort of people who defend Donald Trump. In other words, if he had actually defended Donald Trump, well, then he was guilty of this climate thing. And apparently, apparently this. It seems to be this was the way the 10-man jury, apparently they asked the, the jury beforehand, I don't know if they're allowed to do this, you know, what do you think of the present climate alarm? Do you agree with the establishment? All of them, all of them agreed with the establishment. Okay, here came, the verdict came out, most peculiar verdict. The, the, the case was on damages to, to Michael Mann. They found out there were no damages to him whatsoever. He hadn't been damaged in any way at all, in his funding, in his reputation, um, and in his earnings. In fact, quite the opposite. They went up massively. So since they found there was no damages to him at all, they gave him compensatory damages of $1, $1 damages. But to Stein, just went to Stein. Sorry, can I just stop you there? Because they actually didn't find that man had uh, that man had suffered any damages None. because you know it hadn't affected his, his 
yeah. their reputation, etc. But they granted, they awarded one dollar anyway. Um, so well, they, that's just I, I, that's a token. I don't, I don't know what that means. Maybe yeah. some, maybe they could have given him a sense for a packet of chocolates. I, I don't know what the, how the well, law works. They said he, he didn't suffer any damage. Suffered none. Okay, so man was awarded one dollar to compensate. In other words, he hadn't suffered any at all. Which, by the way, that actually after a while they didn't even try to prove that he'd suffered any. Just just said that oh well, he said nasty things about it. Um, okay, but then but against um, Stein, punitive damages, whatever on earth those things are, I don't know. One million dollars, one million dollars against Stein, who by their own admission had caused no damages to to to, to Michael Mann whatsoever, and one of the juries. And here was the thing, all of the commentators are, that'll shut them up. That'll teach them, that, that'll teach the, the climate denialists a lesson or two. In other words, if you now tell the truth about the climate, you you might be sued for a million a million dollars. Now, I was just saying in my article, if I were in America now and I'd shown the article that has now appeared in the Daily Friend, and I'd shown a picture of that abandoned village that the Vikings abandoned, that stone building that they abandoned during the medieval warm period, that Michael Manson didn't exist, I think I might well be sued for damages, for, for spreading climate misinformation. From all the things you said, firstly, when, when they interview potential jury members, they would ask about climate change because you need to see whether they have a bias or not. Oh, and okay. both sets of, of lawyers will then in, will then sort of exclude a potential uh, witness yes, or, uh, no, yes. or not, so that they at least get um, balance, or if they have no, you know, they have no view one way or the other. So that sounds like the process might have been odd, which I, I'm not sure I quite understand. Did the did it, were, I can't recall was there any comment by the judge on this decision? Because essentially, uh, you said they, they they found he hadn't caused harm to him, still awarded him one dollar for the harm, and then punitive damages for, for what? No punishment. Well, I mean, it suffered I, nothing. I I, 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 I agree. I agree completely. It was absolute travesty. But it's very interesting what you say about checking the jury first of all. And that's exactly what you should do. I think, you know, you should find, make sure they've got no bias. I strongly believe in this case, the thing was to check that they had got the correct bias. In other words, I think if one of them said, look, I think this climate alarm thing is a load of nonsense, I think they wouldn't have allowed them onto the jury. I think they had to have the right view. And I think, as somebody was saying, if, if this court case had been hold, held in Texas rather than Washington, D.C., the verdict would have been completely different. It's a completely political verdict. I, mean, also, I suppose since it started in, in 2012, you know, there was a lot of debate then. But as far as I know, the uh, the UN has disavowed the, the hockey stick theory. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's sort of standard understanding that that whole theory was, as a scientific theory, was just was wrong. So the view that it is wrong is not a, a, a sort of obscure conspiracy theory view. It's a, it accords with it accords with uh, you know where we're where we're at. In, in my opinion, in, in as far as proper science is concerned, but not as far as the scientific establishment is concerned by any means at all. You say the IPCC, are that what you mean by the UN? They by no means. I mean they're yeah. very very embarrassed about it, and they're very embarrassed by Michael Mann. And they don't show the hockey stick anymore, but never 
And they said, look, we're terribly sorry. This is fraud and nonsense. Never have said that. They just, they've been embarrassed about it, but they sort of keep the thing as, oh, well, well, sort of present, present temperature is unusually high. And they never show you the studies, of which there's now over a thousand, by the way, showing that that's not the case at all. Those they never show in their in their reports. And as far as the scientific establishment is concerned, you must read the comments, not only from obviously the New York Times and Washington Post, you can imagine what they say, Triumph for Science, yeah, which is exactly, exactly the opposite. Scientific American um, says the same thing, mm. says the same thing. Can I just bring up a, a little interesting side case? Man sued a, an actual climate scientist called Tim Ball, who's Canadian, by the way, which is very important legally. And Tim Ball had said, look, this hockey stick is fraudulent. He, I don't think he bothered to insult um, uh, um, man. He's not interested in that sort of thing. But he's quite forceful, unlike most of the good scientists who are quite polite in that. He said, look, this is obviously fraud and nonsense. So then Michael Mann sued him in, in, in a court. And the judge said, obviously prompted by the defence, Mr. Dr. Mann, show us your workings. Show us your algorithms. Show us your computer that go from that data to hockey stick. He refused point blank to show them. Mm. So the judge said, well, in that case, um, uh, Tim Ball is, is not guilty and you must pay all his expenses mm. in Canada. Where you yeah. see, okay, it's first was Canada, yeah, which is, I believe, the whole of the ex British Commonwealth. There's a system of law that's different as mm. far as defamation that from from America. Okay, there's two things. First of all, it's in Canada. And secondly, that case was nothing to do with the defamation. Purely was the hockey stick fraudulent and were you allowed to say that? That was all. By the way, I wish that, that somebody had prompted to ask the same question of, of Michael Mann. Shows your workings. Yeah. I don't think that ever happened. I don't know why. It seems an obvious thing. But it's disturbing because we, you know, just my last comment on this is that it seems that Scientific American, a lot of the science, the, the sort of once revered scientific journals mm. have bought into the, the work ideology and they are literally punting theories that that are not supported by science or at the very, at the very best are questionable. And there seems to be, it, it's it's something that in in trying to roll back back the whole the woke movement um it's most it's got to be removed from from the sciences um andrew sorry that is the time we have for, it, uh, it's actually appalling appalling particularly when one knows a little bit about mark stein and mm. and mm. like what it's likely to have done to him so thank you very much for that i think it helps to put the craziness and uh, you know the, 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 there's just so much to talk about climate misinformation but we'll we'll get you back again and uh, you know there's always another time as there has been in the past so thank you very much